Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, and this is Decode Your Burnout. I'm excited to announce that for the next four weeks, we're going to be changing things up a bit. Instead of having a guest interview, we're going to be featuring a replay of a live event I did with the Burnout Panel. The Burnout Panel is a group of six burnout experts, including myself, and we tackle topics salient to burnout, like lowered morale, high turnover rates, productivity, and absenteeism. We even had the chance to answer some audience-led questions, so I know you'll find these truly informative. So if you're struggling with burnout, or if you just want to learn more about it, I encourage you to tune in to these special episodes. And if you're looking for a speaker for your next event, you can reach out to me directly at drsharongrossman.com. Now, without further ado, I present the burnout panel. 59%, 59% of surveyed workers globally will say yes, they were stressed at work yesterday. Only 21% of employees worldwide and 33%, only 33% in the US will fall in the engaged category, meaning that they are providing with their optimal productivity they are providing you with the utmost commitment that you want for them to provide you so they can deliver amazing work. And the fact is that 70% of the variance in team management is determined solely by the manager. So we are here today on the burnout panel to talk to you about what can you do as a team leader? What can you do for your team and also for yourself, but mainly for your team to ensure that your productivity is staying high, to ensure that your business is continuing to grow and to ensure that you are keeping your employees because turnover costs are just not a cost that you really need to have in your business. Okay. They stay, you don't have to worry about paying for somebody else. So with that being said, I would love to introduce my lovely, lovely esteemed peers. We're going to start with Dr. Sandra Lewis, okay? Then we're going to go to Kate Donovan, followed by Aileen, Audrey, and then Sharon Grossman. Okay, so get ready for amazingness. Dr. Sandra, off to you. Good, good afternoon, everybody. Great to be with the team again today. So we're talking about morale or lack of morale and culture. Let's just think of this whole lack of morale as a signal, right? Something that says things aren't going quite well in the organization because our employees are disengaging. They actually don't feel 
like they trust you anymore because morale means I'm 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 not really feeling good about this place anymore. This is not a great place for me to be. There are many things that contribute to that. As we know, burnout is multi-layered. And I just want to touch on a couple of things that are related to the environment that contribute to morale or lack thereof. First, though, still remember that morale is a signal. So let's talk about what happens in the environment that this morale might show up and that that is getting us to pay attention to what's going on, right? So in the environment, we can think of this in a couple of ways, the kind of culture that you create, but also you can think about what is the structure of the relationships between people in the environment? One of the most um, poignant things that happened during the COVID pandemic was the murder of George Floyd. And during that time, many employees talked about going to their offices and feeling as though their managers and their offices were on Zoom or online at the time and feeling that their managers didn't see that they were suffering, that they were struggling with what was happening in the environment. So noticing how some employees, particularly if you have an environment where you have people who are the only, right, they may be few people of color, they may be few women, noticing whether or not they feel like they're fitting into this puzzle that you put together of this talent, right? And noticing, noticing that there are certain social issues that might impact them differently. That was a challenge that I helped some employees work through three years ago when they felt that their managers were just ignoring the fact that they couldn't even participate the way they usually do. So when you notice that as a manager, you, you want to pay attention to that. That disengagement, that is telling you, okay, here's something that needs my, my attention. From the employee side, it's also important for us to begin to think about how we navigate the challenges in the world and how they impact us because they can combine with the demands of our job to leave us in a sense of low morale. When something in the environment happens that leaves us feeling hopeless and we're in a workplace that also seems not to notice us, then there's much greater chance for people to be vulnerable to burnout. Here's what I will say to you as one of the most important tips for dealing with um, morale and dealing with these kind of environmental issues, microaggressions, things where people feel invisible or not cared for, not noticed, is that you have to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations get comfortable being uncomfortable. You've heard many people say it before, but we will not end these challenges, these environmental challenges that impact people's well-being if we aren't willing to talk about them. It's sort of like, you know, that that closet that you just need to clean it out and you keep saying, I'm going to do it, but you just keep piling stuff in it and then you keep pushing and pushing until now you can't really get the door closed. The stuff is falling out. That's pretty much what happens when we leave things under the rug. So, engaging your employees, creating a culture where they feel like they can trust you, and that the very issues that impact their well-being and their whole life are important to you too. Many, you know, when during the, the, the pandemic, when we had to witness this uh, death on, on repeat, many organizations actually took a step to say, you know, we feel hurt by this as well. And we know that some of you are suffering, so they paid attention to their employees. So I'm inviting you as leaders to really think about how you pay attention to the emotional needs and how you create psychological safety in your environment. Because culture, really think about it, culture comes from the word is like cultivate. It's about nurturing. So in this environment, we're trying to create a space where everybody flourishes. So be comfortable 
being uncomfortable so that you can actually grow. And I'm going to turn it over to Kate with that. Unmute. Hey, you are on mute, but we are looking forward to hearing what you, the beautiful brilliance that you have to say. So yes, on to you, Kate. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Kate Donovan. I work with organizations who want to reduce burnout so they can keep top talent. And one of the things that came up recently in a workshop I was doing for a CEO roundtable is this idea of quality recognition and praise. It is really hard to have an environment that supports good morale and engagement if nobody's being recognized for the work that they're truly doing. And I think that people have a hard time with understanding what positive feedback looks like sometimes. We want to be able to say, at a gal and sort of walk out the door and that doesn't work. When we're giving positive feedback that's going to actually light up the parts of the brain, the same parts of the brain that are part of the reward center that light up when we have cupcakes and other illicit substances. <laughs> When we want to engage those parts of the brain so that people, even on a biological level, feel more engaged with their work, we have to give people feedback that is really specific so that they actually feel seen. So this is building up a one more layer on, on what Dr. Sandra was just talking about, making sure you're seeing people noticing their needs, et cetera. This is making sure you're seeing people and noticing their contributions. So you're looking at somebody and you're saying, hey, I saw you showed up that day. You wrote that email that really saved our tushes with hanging on the edge. And because of that simple thing that you did that was hard for everybody else, but you made it happen, you really saved the day that day. Really specific feedback is what is going to get this moving. This is most important top down. So from leadership levels, from management levels. However, there are also peer recognition mechanisms that are critical. So if you build in this type of peer recognition over time, morale for everyone will increase and people will be more inclined to remember each other's humanity, right? Remember to notice each other and, and accept praise when it comes in because it will feel more natural. There's a lot of software now that you can use for this. So you can just implement uh, a, a top-down solution Managers start doing this. People will probably start doing it naturally. But there are also a bunch of different options like 6Q, Kudos that is used on Slack, High Thrive, Bonusly. They're all built on engaging with each other through positive feedback cycles. And I think that if we could all do a little bit more of that, if we all knew a little bit more that what we're doing is worthy and valuable and seen and recognized and appreciated, everything would be a little better. The next person up on my list today is Miss Aileen. You're up. Thank you, Kate. My name is Aileen Axmeyer, and I'm a career coach and workplace wellness speaker. And I create customized wellness workshops to help employees feel valued. So I kind of want to tap into what Kate just talked about. What she shared does exactly that. It helps employees feel like they're valued by their colleagues, by their organization. And it's much harder to disengage when you, when you see that impact. So my recommendation today for increasing morale is to actually go a step farther and see, help people feel valued by checking in with them and asking them, 
What's creating that sense of disengagement? What is impacting your morale? As Dr. Sandra shared, a lot of stuff might be external happening in the world, but sometimes, a lot of times, it's a combination of things happening internally within the organization too. Myriad of factors. And if you can pause and instead of now, this is well-intentioned, but a lot of organizations will say, oh, we need to do something to make them feel appreciated. Let's do a pizza party or an axe throwing event. And while those make pizzas great, and I'd probably accidentally murder someone if I did the axe throwing thing, but like, it's a nice gesture, but sometimes more time with your colleagues, if you're burnt out, is the last thing that you want to do. So the intention's good, but the Intention over impact is um, something you need to, to pay attention to. We want to kind of note what really matters to people. So it could be serving your colleagues, your employees, but also I just ran a session for a big tech company this week, had over 500 people at the session, and just noticing what people are sharing in the chat in a 60-minute session, I got a good sense of people feeling like they can't step away from their work to take a lunch break things like that. And then we can start to think about reverse engineering that when people share what they're struggling with, you can then start to think about what realistically will help with the morale, which helps with the engagement. We've talked about this before. One last tip is that walking the talk instead of just saying, sure, you can punch out, so to speak, at 4.30, you need to share that and give permission from top down by doing that yourself. Not sending those emails and those important things nights and weekends, if that's possible within the scope of the work that you do, but really thinking about prioritizing your mental health and then demonstrating that that is something that other people can do as well. All right, so I'm going to pass it on to Audrey and we'll keep chugging along here. Thank you so much, Aileen. Hi, my name is Audrey Holst. I'm the founder of Fortitude and Flow, and I help individuals and teams deal with chronic stress-related conditions like perfectionism and procrastination and work anxiety. And I'm going to touch on exactly, I'm going to follow up a little bit more on exactly what Aileen just talked about. And this is the fact that we have to, and leaders have to walk their talk. People who are, are paying attention, high performers, they are going to do as you do and not necessarily as you say. So modeling the behavior that you want your folks to be behaving is what you want to be working in, which means modeling, openly talking about and supporting people's boundaries. And I know boundaries is a big word and it means lots of things to lots of people, but what this can look like is you can be clear on priorities, clear on your own priorities, clear on your team's priorities. It helps people know what to focus on and what to put their time and energy into. Setting realistic expectations and being explicit about expectations, especially with the folks that I work with who tend to be on the perfectionism spectrum, they will set expectations that are way beyond what is even needed. So being really clear about what your expectations actually are, what the deliverables actually need to be, can save everybody a lot of time and energy. Understanding when and how to say no is another situation that you may have to um, model and actually coach people through. And this is something that, you know, people are paying attention to. And I hear this when I'm working with one-on-one -on -one clients that are looking up the corporate ladder saying, I don't know if I want the next job, right? I don't know if I want that person's job above me. I don't know if I want to replace them because 
I'm looking at their lifestyle. I'm looking at their levels of stress and I don't know if it's worth it. So the more that you are modeling and living and working in a way that's sustainable for you, this is going to start to create where we're having these conversations about culture. It's going to start to create and cultivate this culture that people want to be a part of and want to be continuously a part of. So take breaks discuss mental health days, proactively suggest that people take some time and talk about support and get it when you need it. So these are things that are super important. And you're going to see that there's a bit of a theme around relationships that we're all talking about, right? Speaking of relationships, we want to build that with you also. So make sure that if you're on LinkedIn right now, that you are following the burnout panel and make sure that you're connecting with each of us as individuals. You'll, you're hearing bits and pieces of everybody's work here, but it's incredible. If you start following along with this work, you will start to get more and more and more information. And again, that's going to help you to model and build the culture that is going to be helpful for your folks. So please stay connected. I'm so excited to be bringing in Dr. Sharon to, uh, to wrap this up for us. Hey, everybody. I am Dr. Sharon Grisman, the Burnout Doc. Super excited to be with you here today. And normally I work with organizations that want to create a workplace environment where employees are engaged, productive, and fulfilled by addressing burnout. So this is a big topic. And you know, something that came up recently as I'm having calls with different HR folks and managers is that sometimes we think as a company that we are doing a lot for our workers because we've provided them with all these benefits. And here's what sometimes happens is the benefits that we provide are not aligned with the needs of the workers. So I was just having a call yesterday with someone who said, yeah, you know, we have a lot of frontline workers and they're really burned out and we do have these benefits for them. And I'm like, what kind of benefits do you provide? And they said, we pay their tuition. So if they want to go get an education, we'll totally reimburse their tuition. And I'm like, that's great. Except they're just trying to like not sink right now. So they're just paddling in place. They cannot think about how they're going to swim longer, swim faster. Like that's just not what they need right now. So it's not enough to throw stuff at people. You need to have the right stuff at the right time. So you got to assess for their needs. If they have lowered morale, it's probably because there's stuff that's really stressful. And whatever resources you're providing them with, if at all, maybe isn't what they need right now. So it's just a, an invitation to take a step back and really ask yourself, what is the problem? What are some potential resources or solutions that can help with that problem? And are we doing what we, we can on our side to match the two together? And the other thing I wanna also say that I think was really important is not just having the resources there, but you've gotta incentivize people to take those resources on. So I asked, what are you doing to incentivize them? And they said, the resources are the incentive. And here's the, the truth, that about 25% of workers never utilize the resources that they're given. And we know that because people aren't taking their vacation days off, right? We've, we give them all kinds of benefits. They're not using them. So a smart thing to do is to also gamify it and to reward them for getting through a number of different resources that are supposed to help them prevent burnout, 
be more engaged, whatever it is that you're trying to target with your resources. So that's my tip for today. Amazing, amazing. Yes, 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 yes. So we are now at Q&A time. So type your questions for those of you who are listening to us. I see you on the LinkedIn live here. Uh, so type your questions in the chat on anything that you would like to know about how to increase employee morale and engagement. We went through a lot today uh, here in this episode. So we started out with Dr. Sandra talking about microaggressions and ensuring that you are really establishing the culture where everyone on your team feels seen and heard. We went into then Kate Donovan, who then went into talking about the positive feedback that you and ways that you can get that positive feedback from your or give that positive feedback to your team so that they can also feel valued and seen as well. Then we went into and chatted with Aileen here on the panel. Yes, yes, yes. To talk about how you can understand both the internal and external. She shared with us those examples as well to questions that you can ask your team. And then we went to Audrey Hulse talking about how to ultimately the, the point is you need to model the example as a leader, right? Model the example as a leader and set those ensure that your team is setting those boundaries and that you are also living those boundaries as well too. And then wrapping up with Sharon here, who has an interesting story of how she ended up here, uh, right on time here today. But we won't share her personal business unless she wants us to. Uh, but um, with that being said, uh, Sharon here talked about aligning the resources and benefits to what your employees need, right? So being the culture, seeing the culture. And here on the Burnout Panel, we are hired by companies, nonprofits, colleges around the world to talk about and to train team members and your team and your leaders and your management on various things related to ensuring that you are reducing turnover rates and increasing retention within your team. And part of that comes with increasing the productivity of each employee, each leader, and well as increasing the employee morale and culture as well too. Okay, so let me check, do one last check questions. If you're watching a replay, also feel free to type in questions because we monitor this on a regular basis thanks to LinkedIn notifications. Yes. Uh, with that being said, oh, I didn't introduce myself. Hi, my name is Vanessa Dami. Uh, you can look at me on LinkedIn. And I work with women business owners specifically on how they can be more powerful and prosperous in their life and in their business. And as part of the burnout panel, what we do is that we go around and virtual and in-person where we connect with you and your leaders to ensure that you are maximizing and optimizing productivity of each person and of your company. With that being said, if you'd like to hire us, message any one of us, as well as fill out the form in our chat that we're going to put in right now. And with that being said, any other thoughts from the panel that any of you want to share here today? Awesome. With that being said, imagine some horns blowing right now. Uh, to, or maybe that doorbell from earlier, uh, to say farewell, goodbye. And we have our next chat. See you here again next month on June 26th. We'll be talking about how to decrease absenteeism, okay? How to ensure that your employees are showing up for work and being present and being most engaged when they do. Chat with you June 26th.